asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking cheating charities, sketchy retailer tactics, and starving to save. Yeah, man, starving to save. You know, I don't think that's going to be too clickbaity of a, of a title. This is truly something we are going to talk about. This is a story. We're going to respond to kind of a clickbait headline we saw this yeah, week. Yeah, and obviously, starving to, to to save money. That's not something that we're gonna we're gonna recommend. But we'll get to all of these stories. This is our Friday flight specifically. We're covering the different headlines that we've come across this week, the ones that we think you need to pay attention to the most. But Joel, this has been the second full week now that our newsletter, that the How to Money newsletter has been over on our new platform, which includes the ability to track referrals. Mm -hmm. What that means is that anytime you refer the email to a friend and they sign up, you accrue points. And with those points, you can unlock different rewards, essentially. Uh, And our, our first level is three referrals. And that gets you a shout out on the Friday flight, And so we wanted to mention Mr. S's math of finance class, him as well as Elijah O, both referred three different friends to the How to Money newsletter. So we are incredibly thankful for y'all. This is one of the ways that our newsletter is going to be able to grow and to continue to improve. Yeah. And, and I think the newsletter, again, it's it's free. Uh, it hits your inbox every single Tuesday morning. And hopefully it's lighthearted, fun, funny, and with a lot of chock full of information at the same time. That's the goal. And it's, it's again, like we we love doing the podcast. It's our, our favorite thing. Like we love long form audio. It's such a great medium. But people like to... There's a lot more nuance that you can get out of yeah, spoken word. And, and people like to learn about money in all sorts of different ways. And some people prefer to read. And so if, you, if you're one of those people or you know one of those people sign up for the newsletter and let them know and you can win stuff by referring Uh, we have our first person got to the 
the free how to money sock oh, yeah. threshold this week so um, yeah he did he he blitzed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he referred basically everyone he knows i think so that's uh shout out to brendan for that one but all right let's let's move on matt let's get to uh the friday flight the sampling of stories we found interesting this week and just quickly i wanted to touch on taxes for just a second because the irs announced that relief payments that were issued by a whole bunch of states are not going to be taxed those to the relief of a whole lot of people i saw folks in our Facebook group, especially folks in California being like, this is going to save me a decent chunk of money in taxes, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. So if you live in one of the 16 states that issued a direct relief payment to you or to yeah to someone that you know, you're not going to owe any tax on it. So for some folks, that could mean $150 or even more that you get to keep in your pocket. So that's uh, worth, worth noting. And the IRS had told some folks, hey, uh, hold off on filing your taxes until we make a clarification on this, until we figure that out. So if you were waiting to file your taxes based on this IRS announcement, now you got to go ahead. You're clear to file your taxes. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of folks might remember that these payments uh, came last fall, but this uh, in, in large part was due to like excess surplus taxes that states had collected. Did you get your Costco rewards, oh, yeah. your annual thing? So that, yeah. sh- that showed up this past week. Kind of makes me think of that, where it's you kind of forget about it, but it was this nice way for some states to give back some of the money that they had collected, that they chose to give back to you. But since we're talking about taxes, we wanted to mention that you might want to take advantage of the tax benefits of making some home updates this year, some home improvements. We talked about the possibility of this becoming uh, a reality, but the Inflation Reduction Act, it passed, and now you can make a variety of energy-efficient updates to your home for less money. Yeah, we talked about this when it was vaporware, right, towards the end of last year, but now that it's a real thing, like... (laughs) It's just a speculation before, now it's it's actual law. Uh, Some folks have actually called these new benefits that came out in that IRA bill last year, like a a free bank account (laughs) that we should all be taking advantage of. Granted, this money is still that you have to spend, so it's not like there's just cash just sitting there waiting on you. Sort of like coming across a good sale. If you don't need to do this, well, don't go out and spend the money to get that money. Uh, But if you were planning to make some of these improvements anyway, there's absolutely some incentives to help you out. Sure. Well, I I will say, even if you weren't thinking about it, you might want to consider it because it's not not just that you're spending money, you're spending money to save money with some of these improvements you can make. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a good way to think about it. And for example, you can save up to $1,600 on the cost of putting insulation in your home. And obviously doing that will save you money every single month on utility bills moving forward, especially in the winter. There's actually this calculator that we'll link to that can help you to to easily make sense of the different tax incentives that you might qualify for. But we at least wanted you to be aware that these tax credits, uh, that these rebates are, uh, that they exist yeah, but they're out there for you. Yeah, Go and, get and them. like there's ones for new electric vehicles. There's rebates for used buying a used electric vehicle now, for, which is cool for too. Installing chargers yeah. for heat pumps. Yeah, all indu- sorts of things. Induction stoves, which I'm like, all right, you know, inductions are nice. They are. Well, we've got we've got the glass top, and it works all right. But I'm trying to figure out if they make a standalone induction oven that's big enough for Kate's 15 inch cast iron. Oh, good luck. I know that's the pro- that's the problem is I don't. If, so if anybody is listening and you have seen this standalone <laughs> slide-in uh, range, let me know because yeah. we would, dude. I'd, 
I would jump all over that, and there's a pretty huge Especially now, rebate. You know, it's like up to 850 bucks for an induction it's, stove. It's massive, like that, so. exactly. Yeah. And and it, this is the, the federal government's not picking up the full freight; they're picking up a percentage. And there's like a cap each year, but this is so much more generous than it was in years past. And so, yeah, we'll link to that calculator into that site where you can like learn more about it. But it should be on your radar if you're making improvements anyway. Boom, you can get some of them at least paid for in part by the federal government. And if you you hadn't thought about it, but you're like, yeah, wait, my my house is leaky, like a sieve. It, it might make sense to, to, to do some of these energy efficient updates that are going to be cheaper and then are going to save you money for years to come. But let's keep talking about taxes for a second, Matt, because home values have risen, of course, substantially in the past few years. And even with like a, a little bit of a lull there towards the you know end of last year, but that, that comes along with higher property tax bills mm. for anybody who owns a home. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. Home equity. Look at all the home equity I'm sitting on. And then it's like, at the other time, it's like, now the government wants to Might have cut. to cash out some of that equity <laughs> in order to pay the property tax Which bill. People talk about that last week. I saw, I just saw something today about that. So maybe next week's Friday flight, we'll touch on home equity for a bit. But oh, the, nice. the thing is, the tax bill you receive in the mail might or might not be accurate, right? So that's something to look out for. Let's talk about how you can contest that bill if it's too inflated, the key is to take a look at sales and comps in your area and to file an appeal if the valuation that the government has has given for your property is out of line, out of step, basically, with what you're seeing around you. It might be worth asking a local realtor if they think the valuation is correct or not. This is 100% something you can DIY if you want to, by the way. But remember, you're not complaining about how high taxes are. You're complaining or not complaining. You're, you're uh, contesting an incorrect eva- evaluation. I think sometimes yeah. people do that and they're like, but the taxes are just too expensive. And it's like, that's you can't contest it along those lines. It has that's, to that's be. That's not a good argument. Yes. Like basically, like, I mean, truly what you have to do. So if you are going to do take the DIY approach is like when you look at those different comps, like essentially what you have to do is figure out the price per square foot. Yeah. Because oftentimes it's, it is purely based on, on square footage. For homes in a similar area, similar mm-hmm. kind of state as yours, right? Exactly. So yeah, you, you got to get that information together. You got to have, you got to be armed with that data in order to present a good case. And ideally, you want like three different homes that are close by that sold in the vicinity of what you're looking at like to, to point to, to say so. hey here's mm-hmm. this aggregation of a few that i think fit the bill and you value those less than mine so mine should be valued at this level too and i've actually some folks and myself included matt have even hired a lawyer who specializes in making these appeals that i paid them 250 bucks and it was well worth the money i will say for mm-hmm. the tax savings i was able to get i knew- I tried to hire somebody but they're like no your uh your assessment's accurate like, <laughs> dang it <laughs> hey at least he told you that that up front before yeah. spending the money right no, that's true but it, yeah especially in georgia the the lower valuation gets locked in for three years when you win an appeal so i was like all right 250 bucks is well worth it let him handle these and he did two of mine last year and he got meaningful reductions and those are locked in for a few years and so yeah just note to you if you get that valuation in the mail and you're like this feels high well, first off, it might not be, but second off, it it might be, and if it is, yeah. you need to do your due diligence to figure out how off it is, so you can contest that valuation. Yeah, it seems high. Well, that's probably accurate because again, yeah, we saw rising values, but this seems crazy high. Yeah. Then okay, maybe it's worth looking into. And also, speaking of taxes, don't forget to file for homestead exemption. Oh, that's man, something that you sure. you and I did recently, having moved up to our our new hood uh, last summer. But that alone is going to be able to knock a big chunk off of your uh, your property tax. Mm-hmm. But let's shift gears and talk about investing, Joel, because like when it comes to investing, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? 
And it's abundantly clear that we went through a period of significant investor speculation. The run-up of 2020, I think, caused a lot of that behavior, mm-hmm. right? Like that day trading, meme stonks, uh, crypto, they were seemingly all anyone out there was talking about. And when everyday folks are that interested in investing, it's probably not a good thing. It's when probably you get like a taxi or an Uber and they're like talking, <laughs> talking about how they're making money investments, you're like, wait a second. No, nobody's the, talking like this. They got the Dow Jones pulled up on, <laughs> on one phone while the other one right. shows the route for yeah. where, <laughs> where you're supposed like to go. Something is wrong. Something's not computing. Yeah, right. the, the boring route. That's actually certainly less fun to talk about around the water cooler than all of the excitement that we've experienced over the past few years. Well, uh, eToro, they released some interesting stats that's showing that the average person is holding on to stocks for uh, much shorter periods of time. And not just a little bit less time, the average holding period for U.S. stocks was 10 months in 2022, last year. Uh, And that is down from more than five years in the mid-70s, which is crazy. Uh, It's a dramatic difference there. Uh, And so while we're seeing less of the intense speculation that we've seen over the past few years, short-term thinking is still a problem. And, you know, just buying stocks to own them for less than a year is too risky of a proposition. And it does, it demonstrates that you basically don't have an overarching investing plan uh, and that you are just buying whatever it is that you hear folks talking about. What's the thing that's hot in the moment? Let me exactly. jump on that train and see what happens. And a lot of people end up being burned when they do that. So if, you, if, if you're only going to own something for 10 months, then you, you shouldn't be buying it in the first place unless you, you have some sort of brilliant information that the rest of us don't have access to. And Matt, you and I, we're long-term investors over here. And we that's want right. how to money listeners to adopt the same mindset because making money in the stock market isn't terribly easy but it's incredibly simple. It's all about keeping costs low and holding those assets for a long period of time. That's how you win and grow wealth. And so trading frequently kind of screws you on both accounts. You're going to rack up higher fees. You're going to shrink your timeline in one fell swoop. And so make sure you know what game you're playing as an investor, Matt. Like you said, make sure you have a plan in place. Our suggestion, as always, is to play the long game because you're bound to win if you do. If you keep the cost low and you play for decades as opposed to months, your that timeline is everything and it basically assures it's like wind at your back and it, it, it ensures that you're going to build wealth instead of losing it by trying to play kind of the the short-term game that lots of other folks on twitter and wall street bets are trying to do different reddit forums yeah that's right and i mean i think the other disadvantage to jumping in in and out of the market as well is that you're again you you are demonstrating that you don't have a plan which means that you're likely going to be more susceptible to other strategies that may or not may not be in your best interest. And it just makes me think that folks who are essentially chasing after those returns, chasing after different strategies, you said they're like doubly going to they're going to be screwed in two ways. Like the third way that they're going to be messed over as well is the fact that they're basing their short term buys purchases based on short term success, which it looks a lot like trying to drive while looking in the rear view mirror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so essentially what you are doing is you are buying at the exact wrong time. Not only is it not necessarily proven to be successful, but I think you're honestly at a disadvantage. Like it makes me think of. So in 2020, that like that's when Kathy Woods ETF uh, blew up. Incredible returns, which was all focused on tech heavy stuff, the tech stuff. And exactly. She owned a bunch of Teslas and uh, Arc, Teladoc, uh, her Arc like ETF. That. But if you were like, oh man, she's totally crushing it. So let me get some of that. And if you happen to buy in at the end of 2020 or beginning beginning of 2021, it, like you'd be down something like 70% today, yeah. as opposed to seeing that annual rate of return that she got in 2020 that was in the hundreds yeah. of percent. You've already missed out on you've, you've already missed all the out. getting. <laughs> exactly. And you are 
again, you're just buying at the exact wrong time. Yeah. And that's not what we want to see anybody do. Yeah. That, and that is true. You're right. Like if, if you've got the short term mindset, oftentimes you're a little late to the party and you end up being the one kind of holding the bag, right? Yep. All right. Yep. Let's talk about something else, Matt. And uh, we don't talk about Starbucks much on this show, but I'm drinking a coffee right now. You're drinking a coffee, but not the Starbucks homemade variety. <laughs> but that, I would say uh, don't don't forget to make a plan to spend miles and rewards and specifically because of what we saw Starbucks do this week. Um, like we talked about, though, with the points guy, Matt, points are getting devalued on the reg. And so when you have airline miles or something like that, holding on to them in hopes of using them years down the road is silly because they're going to get devalued. They're mm-hmm. going to become less valuable pretty quickly. But Starbucks is doing the same thing with its rewards program, devaluing rewards for tens of millions of customers, meaning you'll need to spend more money to earn free drinks moving forward. And so, yeah, you might want to rethink that daily Starbucks habit for multiple reasons. But one of the main reasons is because now those little stars that they give you every time you buy something, well, I forget like the the breakfast sandwiches are going to cost a whole lot more. And that that coffee now, yeah. the Frappuccino or whatever it is that you're going to get, instead of costing, I, I don't know the tiers, but think, instead of costing the, 50 stars, now it costs 100 stars. Yeah, the pastries so, went from 50 to 100. Yeah. Pretty big leap. Yeah. So <laughs> it, just, it just means like you thought your stars were worth something and boom, they just got devalued overnight. And uh, I'm not saying that you should never, ever go to Starbucks, but like with any rewards program, the, the, <laughs> the terms are subject to change and the rewards might not be as generous moving forward. And yeah, Starbucks just told their customers, hey, sorry about those stars you accumulated, but they don't, they don't, they're not worth as much anymore. <laughs> worth a whole lot less. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget to, so um, you said Starbucks card made me think of different gift cards that folks may have received over the holidays. Don't forget to spend those. Personally, I've got over 200 bucks sitting on a Home Depot card for, oh, there you go. for a return that I made. Actually, so I didn't have the receipt and they actually were, were did we talk about this on the show? No. They did a really good job uh, accepting that item, but they're just like, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to put it back on the card. We're going to give it to you as store credit. So I'm like, sweet, that's totally fine. I spend a lot of money at Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not going to be a problem with upcoming landscaping projects that we've got planned for the spring. But if you do find it difficult to remember what cards you have, stick that card in your wallet, right? Like put it front and center. That way it's top of mind. That way you, you, you know, we just don't want you to lose out on the funds on those different cards. We want you to be able to take advantage of some of those dollars, some of that value that has already been purchased. Yeah. Use your gift cards, use your rewards, use your miles, like use them up. I know you want to hang on to them, especially like as people who are savers and frugal and stuff, you want to hold on to those things. (laughs) And it it feels good to amass like a certain amount of rewards and and stuff like that. But at the not if you forget about it. Yeah. Or not not if you forget about them or not if they become worthless Worthless, over time. Exactly. All right. Let's get to we got more to cover on the Friday flight, Matt, including that starving to save story. It was an article from the Wall Street Journal that we'll talk about. We'll get to that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. 
And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're going to get to our ludicrous headline of the week. And I was just thinking maybe we should have clarified earlier that when you said cheating charities. We're not talking about we don't have to how, clarify it at the beginning. We're going to clarify it here. We're, gonna, we're, gonna do it now. we're not talking about you as an individual cheating the charities, like somehow finding ways to steal their money. We're, we're talking about some of the actions that different charities are taking that isn't completely upstanding. Uh, so the ludicrous headline this week comes from USA Today, and it reads... Some NFL player nonprofits often spend little on charity. And how is the charity spending little on charity? That doesn't compute. Well, so it's it's gonna talk about this, right? A lot of America watched the Super Bowl last weekend. I heard it was a good game. I didn't watch it myself. It was pretty good. Um, but even though football it's it's over for a while, we've still gotta talk about some of the players who are running some pretty crummy charities. And the article calls out quarterback Russell Wilson in particular. Pretty big name. I've heard of him. His charity used less than a quarter of the proceeds to actually help the kids in need that they say that they're helping. Right. And instead, much of that money went to pay massive salaries to his friends who are there at the top uh, who are running the charity. So uh, this is news that we don't like to hear because, you know, while that charity, it sounds really great. Right. But in reality, it's maybe not doing as much good as they're saying. Uh, So it's important to do your homework before donating to any organization, to any charity that's out there. Yeah. I mean, just because a celebrity or an athlete endorses a charity or runs the charity, it doesn't mean that you should give them your hard earned dollars. And I think maybe they're able to attract more eyeballs or more clout to their nonprofit because of their status, but it doesn't mean that that's where you should be giving your money. And it's not because we're not about giving money away. 
We love the idea of people yeah. giving their hard-earned dollars to other people who are in need and doing good with the money that they've that they've been given. Right? Yeah, we've we've done multiple episodes on giving your money away. Yes. We'll, we'll, I don't know them off the top of my head, but we'll link to them in the show notes. Sure, it's good for society, right? It's 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 also good for you as an individual. It creates a healthy detachment from your money. We've always said, which is a good thing, as opposed to becoming miserly, so focused on your wealth building efforts that you have an inability to look out and see who needs help in your in your hood or around the or even around the world right but we would suggest this turn to sites like charity navigator and charity watch uh, to vet charities before you give your money away charity watch lists their top rated charities in in a section and it breaks them down by cause and that's a great way even if you're like i don't know where to give my money away that's a great way to learn about some of the great charities who are putting the bulk of your donations towards the cause that they care about and sometimes the charities that you've heard about the name brand charities are doing great work with your funds and the vast majority of that money is going to help people in need other times the overhead costs are so large like in the case of some of these NFL players running charities that their mission is basically impotent. It's ineffective. And so we would say you should probably prioritize giving your money elsewhere. And by the way, on that note, the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, they just put out a warning about donating to earthquake relief efforts in Turkey and Syria. Again, you know, turning to the sites that we mentioned, we'll list in them in the show notes, are going to help you vet charities and find which ones are doing the most good so you can give your dollars there as opposed to somebody posting on Facebook and then being like, yeah, I, I feel the tug at my heartstrings. Let me give there. It's great to feel the tug at your heartstrings, but make sure you know that your dollars are being given in a way that's effective so that you're not just like feeling good, but that you're actually doing good too. So yeah, of course, want you to give your money away, but want you to do it the right way. But Matt, let's get to kind of like a second ludicrous headline of the week. Probably we won't do this, but this one came from the Wall Street Journal and it kind of made the rounds on Twitter. A lot of people kind of mocking the Wall Street Journal over this headline, which was to save money, maybe you should skip breakfast. I, I laughed out loud <laughs> a little bit when I read it. Um, and I guess my thought was when I saw that, I was like, why stop there? Why not skip uh, lunch and dinner too? Okay, that'll that'll help you save even more. It, it just feels like what the Wall Street Journal was was saying in that headline was, why don't you starve yourself to keep some extra pennies in your pocket? And I know some people skip meals on purpose, right? I, you do the intermittent fasting thing uh, a fair amount, right? Occasionally, yeah. yeah. So Sometimes people, I don't find myself needing breakfast personally. And not everybody does, right? Some people like to pursue that path when it comes to like their meal intake. More power to you. Do your thing. But And, and counting calories is, of course, smart. But skipping meals, I would say to save money feels a bit eccentric and it felt like a kind of a paternalistic take from the wall street journal maybe to save money skip breakfast well breakfast is not terribly expensive even with egg prices being up it's not going to make a massive difference if you don't fry those two two eggs up and, and eat them in the morning on your way out the door sure well i'll take a slightly different take and maybe it is because i intermittent fastened a little bit i'm like oh yeah that's a great idea <laughs> uh but I th- yeah you like the headline <laughs> I, yeah well a, a little bit because well so it depends on who the headline's coming from, right? And because it's coming from an individual who's like, yeah, maybe you should consider this. I'm like, all right, I think that's a decent uh, headline. That's that's some decent advice for someone to consider. Like I want, there should be no stone unturned when it comes to different ways that you can save money. There are folks who might be in under a mountain of debt and they aren't in a position to where they can earn more. And so what you got to start doing sometimes is looking at your different expenses 
you are specifically calling out eggs. Well, yeah, breakfast typically isn't the biggest line item. In no, but but even still, like eggs, I would say if the if let's say 100% of Americans are eating eggs, then I would agree. And, and I would say that like, yeah, there's a lot of nutrition packed into eggs, right? There's like an awesome amount of protein mm-hmm. and vitamins and all that. But the fact is a ton of Americans are eating processed grains loaded with sugar. If you're eating Fruity Pebbles, that's a different thing. And it's honestly like most cereals are this way. This is food that costs about the same as eggs. And if that's what you're eating, I mean, you probably could afford to skip out on those purchases and and perhaps skipping, you know, skipping a a meal. Uh, But again, so the fact that this is presented as maybe personal, like a personal finance piece of advice, I think that's fine. If now, let's say this came from the government, right? Like if this was Jerome Powell, and he's at the Fed being like, oh, you're worried about inflation? Well, how about you skip multiple meals every single day? Well, that sucks. Yeah. Quit <laughs> that, whining about it. That would be incredibly crappy advice because there are other issues, obviously, that they that they need to tackle. But as individuals, I think we should consider different the things. government in many ways caused <laughs> the inflation problem that we're experiencing, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that's I guess that's my take on it. I think, oh, yeah, maybe for some folks, this could be uh, just one of the small ways that yeah. they're able to modify their expenses. Sure. And I think, yeah, if you are eating like some of the processed foods, they're, they're typically more expensive and they're less healthy for you. So they're not going to... Absolutely. Like a, a bowl of Fruity Pebbles isn't going to get your day off uh, to a great start in the same way that a couple of eggs would. And yeah, so, so, um, but we're actually going to talk more about groceries next week on the show, Matt, we're kind of in the middle of planning that episode now, but just like how you can save money at the grocery store and, and hopefully in, you don't find it necessary to skip meals in order to save money. But we want to discuss like the best advice for saving when you are at the grocery store is, is it coupons? Is it where you shop? We'll kind of talk about all that stuff mm-hmm. next week. That's right. Okay, so there was an interesting article in Business Insider this week about the different psychological tricks that get us all to to click buy when we're shopping online. Uh, So basically, retailers, they are getting better at parting us from our money with uh, different subtle hints that might push us over the edge and different tactics like obviously buy now, pay later. That's a big one. That's obviously where you pay for something in the different installments. Uh, And specifically, that feels less painful and that makes it easier to pull the trigger on purchases that maybe we otherwise would not. Oftentimes, it increases the size of those purchases Instead as of well. $100, it's $25 in four installments over four months. It's like, well, yeah, I can do that. It's like, well, shoot, maybe I'll throw in that extra pair of socks or yeah. something. We and think of that as a dirty trick that you should avoid. Yeah. But retailers are using some other tactics as well, like scarcity. That's where if you're maybe you're shopping a sale and they'll display next to, you know, you, you make your color selection, you make your size selection. And they're like, there's only two of these items left. You better better move quickly. These are the kind of notifications that nudge us towards purchases. Sherry in Wisconsin is going to get it before you. You better pounce. <laughs> What's funny is I actually so last fall I was shopping for a rain jacket. Surprisingly, I didn't didn't have a rain jacket and I was tired of arriving places on my bike soaking wet <laughs> if I got caught in a rainstorm and uh, it went on sale. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go ahead and make this purchase. And it had one of those things. It had one of those counters where it's just like three items left or something like that. And I was like, eh, I'm not sure if I want to make this purchase. Waited until the next day. Guess what? 26 items. <laughs> no, they're gone. Oh, really? I, I completely missed out on the sale. Yeah. And so I think in some instances, it, act, it it can be accurate. I don't think they're lying, but I do think it's a tactic to try to get you to pounce more quickly. Totally, totally. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm highlighting that to be like, well, it, it might be an accurate reading. Uh, and so if you know you want an, an item, maybe don't wait. But simultaneously, it can be helpful to institute right some of those waiting periods, right? Yeah. Like folks, we, we always talk about like, all right, wait, wait 24 hours, see if you still want it. In my case, I waited 24 hours, still wanted it, couldn't buy it on sale or the, the item was actually gone. So I ended up, which again, no big deal. 
instead of waiting 24 hours, I waited two months and the item came back on sale at another retailer. <laughs> That's something um, like you're never... At which point I definitely had confirmed that I wanted that item. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it, it may not be a bad thing to even miss out on deals because there are always going to be deals out yeah. there. And there's always another you know, similar item out there if you miss out on that one. But I think they, they get us to to feel the pressure that we need to make a decision in the moment when you're right. If we would just wait, yeah, we might miss out on that item. It's possible, but it, it's at least going to ensure that we, we want the item and that we're not making a spur of the moment decision based on these psychological tricks that retailers are trying to institute. Totally. Makes me think of just the rampant emails that we get or even notifications because we've downloaded an app or something like that. And Nike's like, hey, buy these sneakers. They're 12% off right now. And you're like, 12% off? Okay. But it's it, it's really, it's them pulling us in in order to make kind of like a more emotional uh, consumer decision as opposed to a well-thought-out one. That's right. Yeah. So piggybacking on that, The Atlantic, they actually had an article this week about the myth of the informed consumer. And they said that the internet, how it was supposed to make us all more informed, making it easier to be a smart shopper, right? But that it hasn't actually worked out that way. And a lot of the reasons for that is like all the different paid ads on different sites like Amazon, right? It is confusing oftentimes to shop. And there's multiple ways that these brands are getting in front of you where it looks like organic results. There are a ton of different third-party sellers and, and products out there. There's an abundance of fake reviews. Like honestly, like the... The MSRP, like that feels like a thing of the past, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's just hard to figure out. It's hard to discern whether a sale is actually a sale or not. Uh, and it's becoming surprisingly harder to be a, a smart consumer, even in the age of, of price comparison being at our fingertips. And so, you know, like we talked about this in the new- newsletter last week, we want folks to prioritize buying quality goods, not just the cheap ones. And so certainly take advantage of sales, but make sure that you are buying an item, not just because of the sale, not just because it happens to be, you know, marketed well, and it is in front of you, but because it's something A, that you need, but B, something that's quality. Uh, but then also you, you can use some of the different third party price tracking uh, applications or software out there like Honey or Camel, Camel, Camel which is always a fun one to say. Yeah. Well, that one's so interesting too, because it shows you the actual data, the price history of an item, as opposed to seeing like, oh, it says it's 16% off. Is that a deal or not? Well, Camel, Camel, Camel will say, well, here's been the price over the past 30 days. Yeah. And so you can Honey say- does that too, where you, you yeah. can go in there and you can see the price history. Which is great. I think the price history is a, a better source of information than whatever percentage off the retailer's saying is, you know, it, they're giving you now. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, so that's the argument the, that the Atlantic was making. And on one hand, I completely agree with that. On the other hand though, I, I kind of, I, I don't want to discount the personal responsibility that we should have when it comes to spending our own dollars, right? Because truly it is easier than ever with the internet at our fingertips to be able to hop from, like you want to start off on Amazon, sure, but then go over to Walmart and then go over to eBay and make the best we'll informed- do a Google shopping search for sure. Yes, yeah, make an, an informed decision based on what it is that you're looking to buy. I think one of the problems is that retailers have also just made it so easy to make purchases. They've mm-hmm. lowered the bar. They've, they've uh, lowered the threshold of what it takes to spend your money. And so the th- like this is where the personal responsibility part comes in, because I think we're so and I'm preaching to myself like I oftentimes go on Amazon and I buy something because it's easy and I know what's going to happen. Right. Like I don't even have to put the address, my address in. <laughs> it just shows up automatically. Like, do you just want to swipe your hand right here, right here at the bottom of the screen. Right. And then do they still have those buttons? They used to make those physical buttons where when you're getting low on something, <sighs> I, I think they, they wanted to make them, it but... so easy for you to spend your money. But yeah. fact is 
spend that extra couple minutes and shop around and, and look to see if you actually are getting the best price. Yeah. Yes, the technology has improved and retailers are getting more sophisticated in how they're how it is they're trying to sell stuff to you. Yeah. But we can also still use that technology to our, our advantage. Sure. Yeah, you need to be aware that this is happening so that you can kind of avoid it. So you can unsubscribe from those emails, turn off those notifications, delete the app, whatever it is. Say, hey, no, no, I know you're trying to break into my brain barrier here and you want me to make a purchase. I, there's things I can do to kind of push that aside and, and stymie your efforts. But at the same time, you're right. Like we're not, they're guinea pigs. We're not sitting ducks. Like we have the ability as mm -hmm. individuals to make some different choices and to do some searches and to, to delay our purchase so that we can make sure that that's something we really want as opposed to like making that spur of the moment purchase. So it's Absolutely. kind of both and right on this front. So, but that's going to do it, Matt, for uh, today's Friday flight. We'll have the links uh, from some of the resources that we mentioned on today's episode up on our site, as always, at howtomoney.com. That's right. We've got a great Ask How to Money episode lined up for you here on Monday, so you can look forward to that. So until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.